Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Uh, wherever you find yourself in southern Sweden or somewhere else in Europe or around the world, thank you for joining us today. And um, thank you, Max. Great. You know, there's there's been a lot of work put into this, as Ladea pointed out, and, you know, it's always a team effort for all the guys to come here during the week and late nights to figure things out technically and, and so many thanks to the mums taking care of the kids and getting them to bed and all the work that mums do to allow these, these men to come here and get everything sorted so we can live stream and have in-person services next week. So thank you to all of you who have contributed to Heard some awesome testimonies this week around um, the dream card. Another dream card point has been fulfilled. Jobs, new jobs, new contracts, healing. Um, yeah, really exciting to see the activity of God at work in our church. And so today we are talking about mothers. And uh, I want to show you a couple of pictures starting with the most significant mother in my life, the mother of our children. And here she is when I first met her. And we met working in, I was working in Hollywood rescuing street kids and she came and stayed, Susan came and stayed with us for a few weeks and that was the beginning of a very long relationship. And so here's our first, I don't know, we got married first, of course. Here's a wedding picture and that's us there. That's, yes, that's, that's my hair. And um, you can see that there. And here comes Charlie, and he's our firstborn. And if you look at this uh, next photo, you can see he has a little pale blue beret on, a little pale blue cardigan. That was in a day when grandmas knitted these things in preparation for your first child. And you can see there, Charlie's not completely satisfied with that blue beret. Um, he was a kid that didn't like being a little baby and didn't put, like putting on uh, little baby clothes. But, uh, and then we can see the kids a little bit older there. There's four of them sitting on a step with our dog. and Great photo, love it. And then, then there's the last one where they're older again. But you know what? The only one that's still waiting to become a young adult is Max, and he's just graduating in a couple of weeks. Uh, Charlie, believe it or not, is 25. Uh, Started his career in marketing in Stockholm and Tom has started his career in marketing also in Melbourne doing really well and Jade's going to start her third year at university at Westminster University in London soon in August. So life goes on but my wife never stops being a mother. They are on the phone talking all the time. I'm in awe of Susan. As a mother, she is exceptional. I have so much to learn from her. She is so much a better parent than me. She's intuitive, tuned into the moment, um, whereas I often miss the moment. And so 
I just wanted to highlight the fact and also honour my wife today. She is amazing in my eyes. But you know what? Mother's Day hasn't been around forever, but it has been around for over 100 years. 1907, it was started by Anna Jarvis in the States, in West Virginia, and uh, she just started a movement, and, and that just grew in popularity to a point where she was able to convince her local church, it was St. Andrew's um, church there, it was a, and she just convinced them to have a service, and that was the first recorded service that we're aware of in 1907, and it grew in popularity. The president made a decree that there would be a Mother's Day each year. It came to Sweden in 1920, and so Anna Javis really started a movement that went across the world. Here's the interesting point about her. She was never married and never had children. She was never a mother herself. But she did this because of how much she honoured her mother, how much she believed in the, the, the sacrifice of what she saw in her own mother and what an amazing mother she was. So I thought, what a, what a brilliant way to understand the birthing of Mother's Day, that we would honour our mother today. And so today is a very simple message. I want to uh, encourage some growth in our relationship with our mums. And I have a few just tips that will help us. I know I'm challenged by this message today. And if you come from a fairly healthy, functioning family, then I'm hoping that you'll take another step up in your relationship with your mum. If you come from a fairly dysfunctional context like I do, where my parents were both alcoholics and there was a lot of verbal abuse and physical fighting amongst our brothers and things like this, then you might be a little bit challenged today. But I'm praying that you will have the courage and the ability to grow in the relationship with your mum. And so let's get started. Ephesians 6, 1 Verse 3, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your mother, things will go well for you. You will have a long life on this earth. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your mother and your father, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on earth. It's really interesting that honoring your mum is actually a commandment. It's not a suggestion. It's not something you do when you feel cute and have an emotional influx of good feelings that you start to honor your mum. It's a commandment not a suggestion. It's actually made God's top 10. You know, as disciples of Jesus Christ, this is part of the main curriculum. It's not an optional uh, elective that we can do on the side, take it or leave it. It's so important to God that we honor our mothers today, that he brings a reinforcement to that commandment. He says, you are going to be so benefited by the fact that you are honoring your mum." You're going to get a special anointing, an oil come on your life where you will live well, where life will be good for you. Not only that, your life will be longer. What a blessing that is. I can't 
think of any reason why anyone wouldn't want those two things active in our lives. That's how important it is to God. He, he goes, this isn't, I'm not just telling you that you have to honor your mom. I'm going to bless you in doing it. I'm going to add to you in doing it. Comes with a promise. Also, the opposite is true too. If we don't honor our mums, maybe it won't go so well for us. If we don't honor our mums, maybe we won't be around to fulfill our days on this earth. You know, it's quite incredible. There are several stern warnings to children who mistreat their parents, who dishonor their parents, their mums, by the kind of lives that they live. But there are consequences for those children as well. But the challenge I want to ask us today, the challenge I ask myself today, what kind of son, what kind of daughter would I like to raise? Am I being that person to my mum? What kind of son, what kind of daughter would I like to raise and am I being that son or that daughter today? This Mother's Day, I have a couple of tips Quite simply, we're just going to run through them and then I'm going to finish with a story and then we're going to pray. But I want to challenge us, us all today that there's space for us to move, to grow, to increase in the way that we honour our mum. And I've always, even as a young, young child and as a teenager, you hear the scripture, honour your mum and dad, honour your parents. And I've always thought... What does that mean? And I truly think it's actually a lot simpler than we realize. So my first point today is just simply to choose to love your mum unconditionally. No strings attached. Our default is always, without Christ in our life, our default is always to have strings attached to our relationships. If you do this, I will do that. If you do this, I will love you. If you do this, I'll have you in my life. But that's not what honoring is. God is calling us to a higher plateau in our relationship. And he's saying, you need to be there for her, love her, no matter what happens, no matter what is said, no matter what is done. That you would love her unconditionally. Love her when she can give. This is the woman that laid down her best years for all of us. Love her when she can give and she still keeps on giving. But also love her when she can't. When she may be in a season in her life where she's very limited in her ability to access your life. Or whether she's growing into her golden years, she's no longer working. And her ability to be engaged with you and the kids is not there so much anymore. Love her no matter what, unconditionally. So to honour her today is to love her unconditionally. Number two, to honour her is to hug her affectionately. I did say this was a pretty straightforward message. To love her affectionately. You know, when I was a kid, um, actually my first car was a 1967, no, I'm not that old, 1967 Vanguard Special. It was an English car. And our gardener had it his whole life, and he bought, finally bought a new car 
and my dad bought it and gave it to me for my first car. It was a very old car, but it had a chrome bumper front and back. And back when I was a kid, people put stickers on their bumpers. People put stickers on their back windows wherever they'd been on a holiday or it was an anti-war sticker or pro-love sticker, whatever it was. People would put stickers on their cars. You don't see it anymore because there's not really any bumpers. But back then, people did. And there was this thing that went around for a little while. It says, have you hugged your kid today? And I thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be great if we started putting stickers on our brand new Mazda or whatever car you drive, a 2021 model, have you hugged your mama today? How awesome would that be? Have you hugged your mama today? She needs affection. She needs to know that you love her. I think it's a little bit like, particularly for guys, you know, in marriage, well, you know I love you. No, no, our wives need to hear it. Same with our mums. They need to feel not just that we're physically in their presence, but that we have an affection for them, that we love them, we hug them, and we warmly embrace them and kiss them, and we just think they are the best thing in the world. That is honoring our mums. And so love her unconditionally. Hug her affectionately. And the third one is listen to her attentively. Pay attention. Husbands want undivided attention. Kids, my goodness, want undivided attention of their mothers. But you know what? It's super important that when we are in the mother, our mother's presence and she's sharing something, that we are attentive, that we are paying attention. That communicates so much value to her. Even if we disagree, because that kind of tends to happen as, as we get married and start to have kids and, and maybe mum's got a bit too traditional approach to parenting and we're a bit more modern, there's some disagreements about things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be an argument. Just honour her. Say, thanks, mum. Take that on board. Really appreciate that input. So let's pay attention Let's give honour and value to what she says and what she contributes to our lives with her life experience and wisdom. I know always that, you know, in our house, and maybe this is a generation thing, that whenever our, our children are in trouble, they've fallen over, cut themselves, or something like that, they, they, if you're the closest, the farthest is the closest, you kind of just give it a bit of a rub and go get a Band-Aid, whereas mum will come in and go, oh, we need to go to the hospital there's, there's so much tuned in to the significance of the moment, whereas fathers tend to be a bit, well, let's say not so engaged in the moment, hoping that we can just quickly fix it up and off we go. And uh, we see in Second Kings, I think it's chapter 4, where there's a passage where, they, where, where a father and his kids are out in the field and the son starts going, oh, my head, my head. And we read into that that maybe he got some sunstroke and he was complaining to his father and, he's, and the father says to the servant, take him to his mother. And I find that is often the case in homes that our children run to mum. Why? Because she's always there. She's always attentive. She's always engaged. She understands. She's listening. She's relentless in her role as a mum. She's relentless in her, the way she expresses her, her love. 
She's relentless, steadfast, profound, sensitive. Husbands would be absolutely useless parents without her. Mums, you are amazing today. Love her unconditionally. Hug her affectionately. Listen to her and pay attention. And last point before I get on to my final story. Remember how much, remind her I should say, how much she is needed. As our mums start to get into their golden years and start to age as we all will, the enemy just loves to whisper in the back corner of their hearts and say, you're not needed that much anymore. You've become a bit redundant. And that's hurtful. And it's not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Every season of life has something to give us all. That our mums would know how much she is needed as she grows into those golden years. You see, you would think the older we get, the wiser we get. And mum in her golden years has been around for a while. She's got a frequency tuned in at a level that we don't know about. She's finished work. Her kids now have kids. I mean, my mum is just constantly stunned that, you know, the youngest is 53 years old. She just can't believe it. She's not working anymore. But I've got to tell you, she is asking, what can I pray for? She's an encouragement. She sends scriptures. She sends affirmations. She sends encouragements. There's always a place for a voice and presence of a mum. So remind her. Take her to the park. Have her over for dinner. Have that regular phone call. Have that FaceTime. And communicate that she is still needed and still present in your home. And so that moves on to this story that I want to share. It's about Peter Richley from 1820. It's a ridiculous story. It's unbelievable. But it's a historical fact. It's documented. It's been proven. And so I'm just going to jump in and hope that you can just follow me and be inspired by it. Peter Richley, in 1920, was looking for a new frontier and decided that he wanted to go to Australia. He went from England to Australia back in 1820, I mean, not 1920, back in 1820, sailing that distance was pretty, pretty treacherous, pretty dangerous, a very long distance. And he jumped on a, a boat back in 1820, leaving London, going to Australia. And this is his survival story. He gets on the boat and it meets some pretty rough water and, of course, the boat takes on water and sinks and everybody on that boat is absolutely drowned except for one man, Peter Richley. He's in the vast ocean floating around by himself, hanging on to probably a, a casket or a piece of wood and happens so that a boat would come along and see him and picked him up and rescued him. But here's the thing. That was just the beginning, not the end of his survival story because that very boat also hit some rough weather and sank 
and yet again he survived. And this happened several times, again and again. Something would happen with the boat, whether it was a storm or a malfunction in some way, but it would sink and he would find himself in the vast ocean again and getting picked up. Now, you might be thinking, well, Quentin, maybe you should look into the fact that maybe he's doing the sinking. Maybe he's messing things up and drilling a hole in the bottom of the boat. You know, but they checked it out. Not true. This is just a real freak of a story. He kept on getting into a boat and it sank up to five times. The fifth boat that came along and pulled him out of the water was called the City of Leeds from England. They rescued him again. He shared with them this incredible story of survival and how many times boats have sank and yet he was rescued again and again. And so they put new clothes on him and fed him and got him rested up and uh, feeling better again. And, and about a week out from reaching their destination, the, ca- the captain comes to him and, and says, Peter, we need some help. Can you, can you do a favor for us? And Peter goes, well, of course I can. You, you've rescued me. You saved my life. Of course, what, what is it that you need? I can surely help you. And the captain starts to explain that there was an elderly lady, an older woman that got on the boat back in England, and she's an absolute treasure. She has been like a brooding hand taking care of all the crew and making sure that they're, they're taken care of and they just love her and she loves them and they've had such, we've had such a great time. But for the last week, she's gone into a fever. She is becoming unconscious and delirious and bouncing out of consciousness and delirium. And she just keeps on praying this one prayer. I'm just wondering if you can help us, Peter. She says, oh God, oh God, oh God, I beg you, let me see my son one more time. God, let me see my son one more time. You see, the problem is this, Peter. The crew know her and she knows them. I'm asking you, Peter, would you pretend to be her son? She won't recognize you because of her state. Would you mind pretending to be her son because she is on death's door, so she can die in peace and leave this world. Would you mind, Peter? And Peter goes, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He walks into the cabin, a very small cabin, and he sees this incredibly frail elderly lady there with long silver hair. Clearly, this woman is not far from death's door. And he looks upon her, and he can hear the murmur in her lips, Oh God, oh God, please let me see my son one more time. And as Peter reached over her to see her face fully, he instantly broke and fell to his knees weeping, recognizing that this woman was his mother, Sarah Richley, who had got on the boat to come and see him in Australia. She hadn't seen him in 10 years. And she thought, before I pass, I want to see him one more time. Oh God, oh God, let me see my son one more time. See, I believe there's only one reason that the sea never took Peter Richley. Time and time again, the oceans roared 
and he never lost his life. And I believe it's because of the prayers of a mother. I believe the prayers of a mother have kept many of you watching today alive, that you have faced storms and crisis and waves that should have taken you out, but yet there was a praying mother in your life, that the burden of love was driving her to her knees for her son, for her daughter. You see, there's nothing quite so significant as the love of a mother. There's nothing quite so significant of a prayer that is penetrating the whole world because of the love that she has for a child. Sarah richly prayed to her God for her son. And you might be watching here today and you have grown distant from God. You know that your mother prays for you. She loves the Lord and she's been praying for you for your whole life. And you know you've been in circumstances that should have taken you out if it wasn't for the prayers of your mother. I want to encourage you today to take that step to her God, to take that step and be rescued from the seas, from the storm, from the waves. Because there's nothing quite like the power of a praying mother. Even if your mother has passed, do you know if your mother is in heaven, her prayers are still lingering? Do you know that there's an angel recording every person in a log? And in heaven they say there is a celebration for every single person that comes to Christ. That there is a, a cry out in heaven, a name declaring this person has come to Christ. And so there's a mother waiting for a name to be called out. And she hears your name and she's dancing on those streets of gold. How awesome. What an amazing picture. She may not be here today, but she's got a lifetime of prayer over your life. Can I encourage you today to bend a knee and come to Jesus Christ today? I just want to ask the band to come up as I wrap up. There's nothing quite like the significance and the power of a praying mother. We honor our mothers today. We celebrate them. You see, even Jesus hanging on the cross, moments from death, even Jesus fulfilling the grand plan of his Father to bring redemption, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring the forgiveness of sin. He was at literally moments from fulfilling that, from going to the gates of hell and bringing freedom. And he stops for a moment and he looks down and he sees his mother and he says, John, take care of my mother. John, make sure she's okay for the rest of her days. John, protect her, feed her, care for her. In the scheme of God's grand plan, Jesus is hanging in there a moment from death and he honours his mother. Let us honour our mothers today. If you're here, if you're watching, you feel like over this COVID time that some distance, some indifference has come into your heart and your relationship with God, I, would, I just want to encourage you today as we just shut our eyes, close our eyes and bow our heads. We just welcome your Holy Spirit into every lounge room, every kitchen, every bedroom, every office, whoever's watching, wherever they are. 
whether you're listening on podcast, in your car, on your bike, on the way to work, on the way home, wherever you find yourself, where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because I can guarantee it, there's a praying mother praying for your salvation. Will you pray with me today? Lord Jesus, I surrender my life completely to you. I believe in what you did at the cross. I believe that you shed your blood and you gave up your life for me to cleanse me, to forgive me, to restore me, to heal me, and to bless me. Lord, I pray this brief prayer because I need you today. I've seen your hand in my life so many times and I've chosen to ignore the fact that it's there because of a praying mother. Lord, I come to you today. It's my time. Today I have the faith to walk with you, Jesus, the rest of my days. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, if you've prayed it from the, from the heart, we would love to hear from you. You've entered into a relationship that cannot be walked alone. You've come into a relationship that brings you into being one of his children, adopted into his family. Will you reach out to us through the website and say, hey, I responded to Pastor Quinton's prayer. I really want to walk this path with Jesus. I would like to connect with you. Connect with us through the website. Let us know, and we will make sure you get some resources. If you're local, we'll definitely get a coffee. If you're international, we'll, we'll give you a call. We'll figure something out. But please, don't stay alone in this. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray for this relationships. We pray, Lord, for an awakening in Jesus' mighty name. We pray for a restoring in Jesus' name. We pray your Holy Spirit to rest upon us all, Lord, and stir us again. Stir us again as we're going from spring into summer, Lord. May we go from spring into summer with you in Jesus' name. Stir us again. Awaken us in our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, happy Mother's Day. Make sure you grab your mother and give her the biggest, most affectionate hug if you can in Jesus' name. Bless you.